Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Cawthon Green and you are listening to episode number nine entitled Breakthrough Reloaded. It's already done. I wanted to backtrack a little bit today, recap some of the things that we've already talked about and just give you a fresh perspective on those things to help propel you forward toward your breakthrough. So as I was preparing for this week's podcast, The Lord was showing me something about the posture that we need to have when we are waiting for the breakthrough to occur. It actually begged a question about prayer and the posture of our prayers. If you listen to episode number three, we talked about prayers that availeth much. And there are several components to prayer and a progression to prayer in order to produce the level of faith that you need in order to see something manifest in your life. We were talking about petition to completion. When you start prayer, you start with a petition. You're asking God, God, can I have this thing? Right. God, I'm asking you, God, I I want this new job or I want a fresh perspective on my purpose in my life or I want to I want a spouse. I want children. God, I want financial increase. So we're asking and praying to God for these things. And that's the petition. But once God has given us an answer, we should no longer be petitioning to God for anything because he's already given us a yes on it. And so once we petition to him for it, then we should move forward to commanding that thing and then decreeing and declaring that it's already done and then thanking God, believing that it's already done. So the question that I had as I was thinking about this is, why are we still petitioning God for something that he has already said we can have? So As we move towards our breakthrough, there's a posture of faith that we need to have and a posture of expectation that says, God already said I can have this thing and I am inevitably going to break through to the other side so that I can get it. But oftentimes we're in the process of breakthrough for so long that we become tired, we become weary, and we become desperate to a place where we're just saying, God, please just pull me out of this thing. God, please just take me to the next level. God, please just give me the thing that I've been praying for. But what we're actually doing is we're backtracking our faith to a place where we were petitioning when God has already given us a yes. We must remain in a posture of faith and authority to say, God said I can have this and he will do it. So we also have the power to command a thing. Once God has said we can have it, then he puts the ball in our court to produce the amount of faith that we need in order to see that thing manifest. Let's look at Genesis 1, 27 through 28. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So look at that. God says, fill the earth and subdue it. That means that everything in the earth is your subordinate. That means that you have the power and dominion over the things in the earth. It also says rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over every living creature. So you are a ruler over the things in the earth. You're not subject to the things in the earth, which means you have an authority to speak and command things, to decree and declare things, to believe that it is already done for you once you speak it out of your mouth. After God has given you a yes and you speak it out of your mouth and you stand in your faith, it's already done. Because remember, God is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He crafted the end before it even occurred, which means if he said you can have it, he's already done it. There is an unwavering posture of expectation when you know that your father has said you can have something. Think about your natural parents. If you have parents that you've been able to count on for your entire life and every time they said that you can have something, they've come through for you. Your posture is going to be in an expectation that says it's already done because they said that you can have it. And you're going to be unrelenting from it until you get it. You hold them to their word because they already said yes. And the same holds true for God. Hold God to his word because once he said yes, it means it's already done. And you need to have an unrelenting posture that says, I'm not going to waver from this thing until I see it. Isaiah 55 11 says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So if God gave you a yes to something, it means that it must be done because his word may not return to him empty. It must accomplish the purpose for which he set forth. So we need to remain in a posture of faith with God as we would with people. You know, we are so willing to take people at their word more than we are willing to take God at his word. Why is that? Is God not more powerful? Is God not more trustworthy? Is God not more omnipotent than any person, any man that you can come into contact with? We can't ask for something supernatural and put God in a box to deliver it in a natural way. We keep trying to apply practicality to a supernatural all-powerful God. We try to subject God to rules that we created when he is above all things that man has created. As you were growing up, and if you're anything like me, you still do it, <laughs> you gave your parents a list of things that you might want for Christmas. And when your parents say, okay, they accept your list, and there's an understanding that you're going to get the things on your list, you expect to wake up on Christmas and unwrap what you've asked for. You don't worry about it. Once you've submitted your list and they have confirmed, you just expect that what you've asked for will be there, right? But if you keep asking your parents about something that they already said yes to, they become annoyed. For instance, my daughter, she's five years old. She'll ask me for a thing. Mommy, can we do this? And I'll say, yes, Anya, but we have to do such and such and such first. 
now is not the time. I need you to give me a little bit of time. And if she continues to ask me over and over and over and over until she gets that thing, I get annoyed and I stop and I say, Anya, did mommy say she was going to do that for you? And she'll say yes. And I say, so why do you keep asking me? You just need to wait until the appointed time for us to do that thing. And the same holds true for us and God. Once we ask God for something, we've given him a list, we've petitioned, we've prayed, and God says, yes, I'm willing to do that for you. Then what we need to do is stand firm in an expectation that God is doing it. But look at this. When you ask for something for Christmas, you don't keep asking where your presents are before Christmas because the designated time for them to arrive hasn't come yet, right? So you might submit your list in November, but you're not going to expect those presents to come until December 25th, which is Christmas Day, because that's the designated time for the presents to arrive. In the same way, God has a divine time for you to receive all that he has for you. But you must stand until the divine moment comes. God had already done it when he gave you a yes to that thing. He already placed it in the divine moment on your path to purpose. And as long as you keep walking, it is inevitable that you will collide with God's divine time and God's divine promises for your life. You are on a direct collision course to run directly into all that you have prayed for. As I was preparing for this episode, I recognized that it was episode number nine, nine biblically representing God's divine will. You see, a will can only be executed once someone dies. When you die to your flesh and allow the Holy Spirit and your faith to rise, then God can execute his will for your life. You see, because the flesh is what keeps us in doubt. The flesh is what keeps us in fear. The flesh is what keeps us in unbelief. And so we have to die to our flesh and allow our spirit to rise so that the will of God can be executed. You see, a will is already spelled out. There's an inheritance that has already designated what God has for you. First Peter 1, 3 through 5 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Are you forfeiting your inheritance because you're afraid to show up for court to stand against the accuser and claim what God already said belongs to you? The word says that you are a child of the king and that makes you eligible to receive an inheritance. You must stand postured in faith and all you have to do is believe enough to keep walking it out and show up. So what are you standing on? Well, first, you're standing on your faith. Hebrews 11:1 says, 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And, you know, one of the things I think that we miss is the now part. It says now faith that puts an urgency on the need for you to operate in your now faith and believe that now is the time for it to occur. Now is the time for God to move because God operates in the here and now notice that the word says faith is the substance and the evidence both of those suggest something that will allow us to see or discover the things that we are hoping for we often struggle in our faith because we can't see it but your faith itself is the evidence that it is in process because we don't give us faith god gives us a measure of faith so If you have even a small measure of faith, even a mustard seed faith, it is evidence that God is working on your behalf because he's given you the faith that you need in order to manifest what you've been praying for. Otherwise, if that wasn't the case, why are we remaining in obedience? If you don't believe in some capacity that the promises of God are yes and amen, then why are you continuing to walk this thing out? Romans 12, 3 says... For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself in sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So again, the word is showing us that God gives us faith. So if God has given us faith, the faith that he has given us is the evidence and the substance of the things that we cannot see with our natural eye. But we must know that by the fact that we have a measure of faith, it is being done for us. So we're standing on faith. We're also standing on God's word. What does God's word say in regard to what we can have, what the promises of God are for us? Jeremiah 29 11 says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future so here it is we can stand on the word of God that says God has a plan for my life that says God wants to prosper me that says God doesn't want to harm me that says these plans are giving me hope and a future. So we can stand on that and know that it's already done because God has already said it. And once he said it, it was already done. We're standing on faith. We're standing on the word. We're also standing on God's will and God's promises in that order. So let's look at Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. First Kings 2 and 3 says, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. Lastly, Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Notice that the will and the promises are yoked together, even in all of these verses. 
If we look back at Psalms 34, it says, first, take delight in the Lord. Then it says, he will give you the desires of your heart. First, the will, then the promises. Proverbs 16, 13 says, commit to the Lord. Then he will establish your plans. So God is continuously giving us this order that we need to put our lives in. And the will and the promises are yoked together. The will of God is like the roadmap to the promises of God. Like love and marriage, can't have one without the other. I titled this episode Breakthrough Reloaded because some of us have run out of ammo. Our clip is empty and it's time for us to reload it with a higher caliber of faith to break through the barrier and to get our victory. After we've done all that God has instructed us to do, All we have to do is show up. Have confidence in knowing that you have done everything God required of you. And now that you have done your part, you put the ball back in God's court and there is a demand on heaven to respond. As the song says, after you've done all you can, you just stand. And when you stand, you just let God do what he does. And I'll leave you with this. Ephesians 3 20 says now unto him, not later, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's already done. For those of you who would like to continue to grow in your faith and you're looking for some additional resources in order to do that, I encourage you to pick up the book Driving in the Faith Lane. It's actually penned by my pastor, Jonathan Richardson, and you can find it on uh, Amazon.com. You can also find it on Kindle or you can purchase it at his website, JonathanRichardson.org. But it's a great resource to help you continue to build your faith and to help you continue to walk in faith. Well, that wraps our session for today. I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. I'm so humbled and grateful for the privilege of being used as a vessel by God. And I pray that you have been blessed by the content of this podcast. If you have questions or comments about today's session, please leave a voice recording on the podcast page and I will respond to you. You can also email me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. If you are led, you can sow into the ministry at Cash App, dollar sign, Collective Live. And you can find the ministry on Facebook at Collective Live Worship. Remember, you are a spiritual warrior with God-given power and authority. Walk in it. I'm praying for your breakthrough, increase, and abundance. Have a spirit-filled week and tune in next Wednesday. Love you all. Be blessed.